Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, go to reallifepharmacology.com. Pick up your free uh, PDF. It's a 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Uh, great resource, just a, a refresher if you're out there in practice or if you're in school taking pharmacology classes. Uh, I've highlighted some of the most important things that come up uh, in practice as well as things that, that come up on exams in that PDF. So again, absolutely for free, um, simply just uh, subscribing to the podcast. We let you know when we've got uh, new updates and, and other content available there. So Again, reallifepharmacology.com is where you can find that free top 200 study guide. All right, so let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is phenazopyridine. Uh, I've had a a couple of people ask me about this in the past, so I wanted to uh, uh, cover it definitely and and give my thoughts on the drug, but um, just a little bit of a a basic background um, brand name. Uh, you'll hear patients uh, refer to the drug as azo. Um, occasionally, I have heard the uh, older brand name pyridium as well. And uh, this medication does kind of scare me a little bit for uh, medical purposes. So this drug is used uh, for urinary pain relief. So patients having you know difficulty, painful uh, type type urination, and the drug is classified as a uh, urinary uh, analgesic, basically. Uh, Mechanistically, it's really not well understood how it helps um, with that, uh, other than it's suspected to to provide some sort of uh, analgesic or anesthetic uh, type action um, on the urinary tract. Uh, Again, not really well understood on, on that mechanism of action. Um, dosing of this medication, we're typically going to give this uh, with food, uh, usually a dose a tablet or two, uh, up to three times per day. And um, the reason why it's given with food, of course, uh, there is small potential uh, for a little bit of GI upset and that type of thing. Uh, other potential adverse effects, um, possibly some CNS stuff has been reported, headache, dizziness, things like that. Uh, rare adverse effects that have uh, shown up in case reports, things like that. Uh, Methemoglobinemia, uh, hemolytic anemia, uh, acute renal failure, hepatitis. Um, And I wanted to pull out a a couple specific examples um, of where this might be more prevalent or some of these rare adverse effects might be more prevalent. So uh, hemolytic anemia, so patients uh, who are G6PD deficient, uh, they may have a, a higher risk of that. Uh, methemoglobinemia, um, definitely talk about that with uh, drug interactions. And then with this medication, uh, it's important to uh, remember that 
a significant chunk of it is excreted, eliminated uh, through the urine, which makes sense, right? It, it works in the urinary tract. Uh, the drug itself does. So we've got to have some adequate kidney function to uh, get that drug there. So what that means from an adverse effect profile is um, some of the rare things may be more and more likely as we get worse and worse renal function. So as that renal function declines, the accumulation of the drug can happen and we may uh, get to a situation where we've got a greater risk of things like hepatitis and renal failure and hemolytic anemia and and all that stuff. So um, definitely remember that with azo. Um, and if patients are, are dead set on using it, um, definitely make sure that they have uh, adequate uh, renal function to help prevent possible accumulation. Uh, one last kind of rare, uh, you know, it's, it's generally not harmful or painful, um, but it can definitely scare patients a little bit, and that's changes in the, the color of the urine. Uh, so it may give kind of a, a reddish, orangish tinge to the urine. And so that can definitely uh, throw off throw off patients and, and make them uh, upset. Definitely, so definitely something. Um, if a patient's going to use that, or if they um, come and report that their urine has has changed colors, uh, definitely azo is a good one to ask about and make sure that they aren't uh, taking that medication, uh, which can cause that that change in in urine color. Uh, Pharmacokinetic standpoint, um, I mentioned that the drug is uh, primarily eliminated by kidney function um, and out through the urine, of course, there. So uh, approximately 66% uh, of the drug uh, is eliminated from the body unchanged uh, through urinary excretion. So again, that kidney function is going to be really, really important uh, in making sure that we're clearing the body of this drug. And just from a, a practical standpoint, you know, what's considered uh, the cutoff line maybe for when to use this, when not to use this. Um, I I would say there's not a a hard fast rule on this, but, you know, I have seen, you know, less than 50 mils per minute GFR kind of reported as as that cutoff line for uh, using this medication or not using this medication, obviously, uh, if they're under that cutoff line. And our geriatric patient population that I work with, uh, certainly they're at much greater risk um, for poor kidney function. One last uh, education point that patients need to understand, okay, this drug does not treat an active urinary tract infection, okay? Um, Patients are, are going to be tempted to try to utilize over-the-counter remedies and things like that. And honestly, when I see a patient asking about azo or wanting to use uh, finazepiridine, um, I get a little nervous uh, because I'm definitely worried uh, that there might be something medically going on um, if they're having uh, painful urination or discomfort when they're they're going to the bathroom. So um, if you you know if you happen to work in a in a pharmacy or somebody's asking you about you know could I potentially use this, um, it's really recommended to use it uh, for no more than than a day or two. And if you know symptoms aren't improving or if things are getting worse, it's like okay. There's probably something more serious going on, and, and we need to evaluate those patients 
uh, from a, a medical standpoint there. So um, I definitely have a healthy fear when patients ask about this drug, um, you know, or I see them using it um, because I, I want to make sure that there's, you know, nothing else going on and, and that they actually have been uh, evaluated for, you know, potential urinary issues and things like that. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, BCMTMS, the NAPLEX exam, uh, go check out meded101.com slash store. A growing list of, of resources there to help you prepare for those exams. Also, if you're a nurse, nurse practitioner, med student, uh, other healthcare professional that enjoys learning about medications, uh, we've got lots of different Amazon books and resources uh, that may fit something that you're looking for, whether it's uh, drug interactions, case studies, um, clinical reasoning. Uh, definitely, we've got a lot of options there. And obviously, your support there at meded101.com slash store uh, helps keep this podcast uh, free and educational for all to benefit from. So again, go check out meded101.com slash store and support our sponsor. All right, finishing up with drug interactions. And the one great thing about a drug that is generally highly excreted in the urine uh, is oftentimes we don't have a lot of uh, drug interactions, particularly I think of the, the liver and SIP enzyme system. Um, phenazopyridine doesn't really mess with that to a significant extent, and we're not going to have many drug interactions that way. So that is definitely a good thing. Uh, with other drugs, I think about drugs that can um, cause uh, acute renal failure potentially or we run into a situation uh, where we've got a, a drug-induced renal impairment uh, and recognizing that, you know, azophenazepyridine can potentially uh, accumulate in that situation and may be more likely to cause adverse effects if we uh, get to that accumulation-type uh, situation. Uh, the only other thing that I think about with drug interactions and, and phenazopyridine is methemoglobinemia risk. And that's usually in, in combinations with maybe drugs that have uh, a higher likelihood of, of causing this issue. And typically, that's going to be associated with uh, local anesthetic type drugs. Um, some of the canes, for example, like prilocaine, um, can cause methemoglobinemia, and that may uh, be aggravated or exacerbated um, by using phenazopyridine with those type of medications. So that's going to wrap up drug interactions. Not too much there. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, found it helpful, uh, please, please leave us a rating review on iTunes. Uh, I'm so thankful for those of you that have already done that. I think we're up well over 400 ratings and reviews at this point, and um, it's incredible. And, and honestly, it, it helps me uh, keep going. I, I love medications. I love what I do as a pharmacist. Um, and, you know, just being able to help large numbers of people learn medications better 
uh, is really, really uh, gratifying and, and rewarding uh, to me. So uh, I'm greatly appreciative for all the uh, kind ratings and, and reviews that I've received over the few years I've been doing the, the podcast now. So again, if you haven't done that, and if you've found the, the podcast uh, helpful and beneficial to you, um, I'd greatly appreciate it if you, if you did that. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, suggestions, um, or track me down for questions, anything like that, um, mededucation101 at gmail.com, or LinkedIn is probably where I'm most active, Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD, BCGP, BCPS. So please don't hesitate to, to reach out there if you've got a comment, suggestion, or anything else on your mind there. With that, I'm going to sign off for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.